Hello and welcome to With the First Link, the podcast that hopes to make our future as bright and as just as the one that we see in Star Trek The Next Generation. And we're going to do that, hopefully, by recapping and discussing the entire series, one episode at a time, doing our best to look at it through an anti-oppressive, anti-racist lens. I'm Ruthie Kaupersamoshi. And I'm Matthew Sabone, and today we'll be talking about Code of Honor. This episode was written by Catherine Powers and Michael Barron, directed by Russ Mayberry and Les Landu, and first aired on October 10th, 1987. For this episode, we're going to deviate a little bit from our usual format. So we've been pretty upfront from the start about the fact that we both love Star Trek, and we are aware that it is certainly far from perfect. And this episode is a strong example of that. Uh, it's a very racist episode, and it uses black people and African stereotypes as aliens reinforcing harmful tropes of black men as dangerous, especially to white women. So if you've seen it, we recommend, or if we haven't seen it, we recommend skipping it. If you have seen it, we're sorry. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about it now. But rather than going through the whole thing, uh, kind of like doing a summary like we're doing for other episodes, we're just going to kind of talk about it in general uh, and then move on to better episodes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the less said about this episode, the better. Um, <laughs> so we're not going to say too much. Um, but except to talk a little bit about these these problems and and the effects that they have on the real world. So this false trope of like black men um, being predators and preying on white women and then white women as fragile, this is uh, a trope that has been used to justify discriminatory behavior, violent behavior, uh, a de deadly treatment of black people throughout history. So a really famous example um, is, of course, the murder of 14-year-old Emmett Till in 1955 after he was um, falsely accused of harassing Carolyn Bryant, who was a white woman. Um, but this isn't something that's, like, stuck in the past. This is very current. Uh, police and civilians still use fear um, as a justification for killing black folks and, like, as of this recording, the U.S. Justice Department has just announced that the two officers who killed 12-year-old Tamir Rice, a young black boy in 2014 who was playing with a toy gun, um, the two officers who murdered him will not be facing any charges. So it's this is something that is a big part of our history. It's, it's a part of our history in uh, the U.S., it's part of the history in Canada, um, but it's also still very current uh, in North America and all over the world. Yeah, actually, I was reading, uh, so I saw the announcement of that just yesterday, and, you know, I was thinking about it in anticipation of of recording this episode um, about Tamir Rice. I was thinking about, like, how many times as a kid I went out and played with toy guns like, yeah. all the time yeah. as a kid, and it, it never... It never even occurred to me at any point that that was an unsafe thing to do as a kid. But even now as an adult, like thinking back on that, I was it was not even like, it's not even cringe. It wasn't like, oh, I really shouldn't have been doing that because I would have gotten shot. Um, like that that would never have ever happened. Yeah. You know? No, there are there's um, so many things that like white kids can do that are like, even like white kids can do things up to and including things that are actually dangerous and not ever be at risk of of being being murdered um by certainly by police for that whereas black kids can't do things that are like totally safe um and are right. at risk of yeah. of being murdered yeah 
Yeah, and I, I had all kinds of toys guns, you know, rifles, pistols, stuff, you know, space looking ones, real looking ones, you know, and uh, it's just one of those things where you're like, it, it, you hear very, like, here's how many times, like, black youth and black children have to have, like, the talk. Yeah. About interacting with assorted like law enforcement and authority figures in our society. And it's uh that's heartbreaking. Yeah, because yeah. it's one of those things that like I personally will never have to deal with. Yeah. And um so to hear that these things are still happening and that they happen with impunity um is awful. And I think that we were hearing a lot more about uh Black Lives Matter and movements like to defund the police earlier in the pandemic. And I think the story um, like it's still going on. I think it's, but it isn't as forefront in the media these days, even though it's still happening, I think because the pandemic has run so out of control in some parts of the world, but, um, like this is still going on. And, you know, this, this story from yesterday is an example of how it's, it's still pervasive and not being really addressed systematically. Yeah. So yeah, we mentioned this episode has aged well. It's true. It hasn't, <laughs> uh, it's still just as racist and harmful in the 1980s as it is now. Uh, and the fact that it's come out 30 years ago, it obviously doesn't excuse the harm. Uh, I thought some of the actors have spoken out about this episode in particular and asked it to be taken like out of syndication. Um, and uh, yeah, anyways, we've seen a, a rise in the attention given to fight anti-black racism. Um, but again, it isn't a new fight. I think it's it's been it's more present in the public, but this has been going on for centuries uh, and so we can't just easily write off the episode as a product of its time. Um, and so it's, it's good. It's really, I think it's really great to see now um, that like race is being addressed more directly in Star Trek and, and uh, the casting of Star Trek Discovery right now is an example of that. Yeah, I think I like that's, that's great. And may- maybe I will start watching Discovery um, given that, that that's the cast. That sounds actually like a really good reason to start watching something, but it's also, and, and- I would just to point out, Ruthie, that's not you not liking new Star Trek because you also just only watched all of Deep Space Nine like a couple months ago. <laughs> yes. No, I I am very attached to TNG as my Star Trek, even though it has many, many, many problems. Um, if this is more uh, this is more me like only watching, only feeling comfortable watching things that I've already watched. Um, so it's really hard for me to watch new things. Um, I, I still haven't watched Voyager, so... Uh, yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll start watching Discovery. But yeah, I think absolutely like it's we can look back and say wow, this episode hasn't aged well, but also like this episode was was racist in 1987 and it's mm-hmm. also racist now. This isn't like it was okay back then. Yeah. Um we also like we want to acknowledge that we are not perfect and we have screwed up in the uh, short time that we've been doing this podcast. So I was re-listening to last week's uh, episode about The Naked Now, and we were talking about um, queerness in in Trek, and we talked about how, uh, to us, it seemed that Star Trek did a better job of representing race than they do of representing queerness. And as I was listening to that, I realized that we really shouldn't say that um, because I don't know if we've mentioned this, but we are both white people. Um, and mm-hmm. so as as white people, we don't have the perspective to say this this TV show uh, does or, or talks about racism better or worse than it talks about this other social issue that might affect us or one of us more directly. Um so and and it's really like incumbent on us to pay that extra attention and to 
to be aware of what we what we don't know and what does, you know, like what we're not experts in. So, um, yeah, we wanted to apologize. We're sorry for saying something that is so clearly untrue um, because this, you know, whether they whether they talked about uh, racism in, in a better way than queerness is really not not for us to say, um, but also this episode shows that they're definitely not doing a great job with race, uh, at, at certainly at this point in the show. Um, so we're sorry for for saying uh, something that was not true and that was really not our place to to say. There's some really cool work uh, lately that I've that I've been watching Star Trek actors in the Star Trek community do that I found really inspiring. The thing that excites me the most is when the fiction begins to uh, influence and inspire reality. But I was watching, uh, there was a number of campaigns that were put on by Star Trek folk about getting people out to vote uh, during the, the last election cycle uh, for the presidential race that just happened recently in the United States, uh, specifically asking people to go out and vote for the Democratic Party. <laughs> um, and uh, I thought that was actually really cool. So, um, you know, that wasn't specifically like, uh, focused in the lens of racism alone, but certainly encompassed uh, issues of racism related to the current administration uh, that is in power and won't be for very much longer, which was awesome. So yeah. um, it was called Trek the Vote was the name of the campaign. And there's a number of Star Trek actors that were involved and writers and producers and stuff. And I was like, this is really cool. I was I was very inspired by that. Yeah, I think it's important to look at the progress that we've made for sure. And then also use that progress and use our past to fuel us to continue to do better and to remember that we are never going to be perfect and that we're always working towards making the world a better place. This is this is not work that has an end to it. This is work that keeps going. And we're getting to see some of that now, which is which is awesome. And so uh, I was really proud. I've been really proud over the last couple months to be a Star Trek fan. Uh, given the response from the, um, you know, some key members of the Star Trek community and and trying to get some political animation out there and activation. And uh, it was really cool to see. So I think is that I think that's all we're going to do on this episode. Yeah, I think that's all. That's all we need to say. All right. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of with the first link. Uh, if you've just finished it, we're actually releasing two today because of the short nature of this one. So be sure to check out the next one too. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to leave us a five-star rating and a review on Apple podcasts or your podcast provider of choice. Our cover art was created by Nathan Nunn and you can find more of his work at NathanNunn.ca. Our theme song is an amazing adventure by flame lion studio you can follow us on Instagram at firstlinkpod or send us an email at firstlinkpod at gmail.com. Tell us all of the anti-racist work that you're doing. We'd love to hear about it. I am Ruthie. And I'm Matthew. Black Lives Matter and defund the police. Defund the police. <laughs> <laughs>